Hello everyone and welcome back to Season 5, Episode 14. Today what we're going to talk about is a little more than what I talked about last week. Last week I talked about the three first books that I ever self-published and all the ins and outs and what each book was about, how I came up with the idea. Well, in the same series called The Faith Chronicles, there are three final books in that. As you can see here, Genesis, and then right over here is called Hallelujah, and then right behind me over here is Sin, the Power of God. Three separate novels. Now, I want to talk to you today about how I came up with the idea. In particular, you can kind of look at the first two novels and understand basically what they might be about, but the last one, you don't have any idea until I tell you, seeing the power of God. When, when I wrote past this one, right before this one, and I don't have it up on the screen now, I have six novels where I took the entire transcripts of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and went through those transcripts and broke each one of the transcripts apart until I came up with six separate novels. And it's called the Lincoln Assassination Series. It's about all the different people that played a different part and which ones got punished for that particular part. Now you might wonder in writing those creative historical nonfiction books where I might have come up with the idea of writing Genesis and writing Hallelujah. Now, Genesis pretty much tells you what the book's about, right? <laughs> First chapter, God creates the heavens and the earth and Adam and Eve and so forth. Well, in order to do the Lincoln assassination series, the South and the North and the Bible played such a strong part in journalism back then. All the South would quote scriptures from the Bible that supported what they were doing. The same was true with the North. They said the same thing. They would print scriptures that supported what they thought was right. Well, doing both of those things, I learned so many scriptures of the Bible and why they were used for what, that uh, through all of this interpretation, I found out one thing that may, many of you probably already know, and that is, when you open up a Bible, uh, let, me, let me grab my Bible over here just a second. Okay. You probably go back to some of my earlier podcasts. I have a lot of podcasts based on this theory that I'm talking to you about on, like for instance, Adam and Eve. Where did Adam get that rib bone from? Or was it a rib bone that he got? Hmm, some theorists or some theologians say it came from somewhere else. But that's not for a story today. I guess what I'm getting to is, in this Bible, and I'm reading Genesis, it's difficult reading sometimes to get by the thy, thou, the art, and all the other words. That it, anyhow, it's just hard to understand those scriptures. So when I did the Bible and read through it to do the Lincoln Assassination series books, 
I made a lot of typing, lots of notes. And when I got all through, I didn't think about writing this book, Genesis, or this book over here called Hallelujah, until later in my writings. But what I basically did was, I went back to all the notes that I took from Genesis and all the other books of the Old Testament. And I cleaned it up and I put them all together. And I wrote a story called Genesis, which is basically the Old Testament that's in down-to-earth, easy-to-read, easy-to-understand words about the Bible and all the scriptures. Well, in Hallelujah right here, I did the same thing. I took Hallelujah and all the notes that I did on Hallelujah, cleaned it up, put it all together, and told Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, even starts, Hallelujah starts when Jesus Christ is 30 years old and how he walked the earth. And he, he said so many parables. But what did those parables mean? Do you understand what each one means? Each one is turned into a story. Well, the same thing is true in Hallelujah. Cleaned it up, got my idea from doing the Civil War series, and I wrote a good, clean novel that's simple to understand. And these two novels actually have a subseries called the Sunday School series. Clean language, no bad language, and it just breaks the Bible down and the easy to understand of all the different scriptures. Well, again, where do I get an idea from? Look at my, where is it at over here? How do you do my finger? I, did, I had this trouble last time, right here. <laughs> okay, right there. Seeing the power of God. What is seeing the power of God? That book came because of all my studies of the Bible because of my writings of Genesis and hallelujah. Now, in the seeing the power of God, Billy Bob Thornton is the father, and he has a son named Rusty Thornton. Rusty Thornton, in the book, and you'll have to read the novel to figure all this out because I don't want to give you spoiler alerts, but in the book, Rusty is born and he's 18 years old. And he has this unique ability to be able to talk to animals. That's right. Well, there was so much, and I, when I do research on anything, I ask a question to myself about something and I search for that answer until I get it. Well, put me in, Billy, in Rusty's shoes. Billy Bob Thornton really wanted his son to be a Christian. And so he went out to California, of all places, <laughs> and he's looked all over here near Austin in a little town called Spicewood, Texas, but he's trying to find someone that's a Christian that could take over and be a mentor towards Rusty. Well, he found such a person true Christian. Now the question comes up. Do you have to believe in the Bible to be a Christian? 
Pretty simple question, right? I know you probably have an answer right away for me. Well, it's not sacrilege to question the Bible. It's, it's our right to question the Bible, to understand the Bible. So what I did was I took my, reading all these different scriptures, and I went in there, and I'll give you one example that's in, in the book. I wondered why God sent that flaming torch of a fire into the side of the mountain, and it just burnt the letters in of the Ten Commandments. And then, when he sent another ball of fire that went around the entire tablet and cut it out. Can you still see Moses walking up to that mountain, grabbing that tablet, pulling it out, and putting it under both of his arms? Well, he did. Now, by the way, a little snippet of information. The man in charge of the cinematography of that particular movie was my great-grandfather. And that's why I know about lots of scenes in that movie, The Ten Commandments. But in that Ten Commandments, God sent with Moses, one of the Ten Commandments is doubt shalt not kill. Pretty simple, right? Pretty simple. However, in this novel, Seeing the Power of God, Rusty Thornton is really confused. The only book when he was born at 18 years of age that he's ever read is a book that he snuck out when his father wasn't around and it was on Hinduism. Hmm. Well, he was having a hard time because of what his teacher and his coach was teaching him about the Bible, trying to separate what he's read in Hinduism and what they're teaching. And then Rusty one day went to his coach and he said, uh, his name was Briscoe. And he says, I have a question. If God created us, man, woman, animal, child, everyone, then why would God tell Joshua to go into the city and kill every man, woman, child, and animal? Why? Now, you're listening to this podcast, and I'm sure you have an answer for me. But I've searched all these different questions that I had, and I put those questions into my character, Rusty Thornton, and I asked him to ask. Now, I'm not trying to say there is no Jesus. I'm not an ordained minister, so what I say probably has very little meaning. It's just when I was writing the book, People a lot of times on my earlier broadcast say, where do you get your ideas from? Well, my ideas kind of mushroom from writing the Civil War series and doing using the Bible for that, writing the two stories, Genesis and this, and having questions as I write so I could do more and more research, and it led to seeing the power of God. So it came up to being in my novel, and I, I put this uh, out in the form of a survey a while back that I have on the podcast. But what it is, do you have to believe in the Bible? Now, while I'm thinking about it, 
all you out there watching this particular podcast, and you've watched my earlier podcast and all these novels that you're going to start writing, how to make book covers, how to edit, how to write, how to grammar check, and so forth, so forth. The one thing to keep in mind is, if you write any Christian religious books, or you, they don't have to be Christian religious, but if you quote from the book, it is a copyright violation unless you use that book right there. See those top three letters? King James Version. This is pure public domain, pure copyright free. Use any scripture in this Bible that you want to use. But no other Bible is uh, copyright free. Now, as the book goes on, it talks about Rusty being asking the question. Wait a minute, let me, let me ask you. If God, and what you're saying is, God created man. God created a woman. God created the animals. He created the birds. He created the fish. And these are his creations. Now you're saying that God's even created Satan, the devil himself. So if God created all these people, why would he go and send Joshua in to kill all the innocent men, women, and children in a city? Why would God do that? Hardly any answer could come forth. After a while, the questions became so hard to answer in the book that we had to follow uh, Rusty Thornton throughout the book to find out, do you have to believe in the Bible to be a Christian? And what's really interesting, I'll, I'll tell you one little part of the book. So he's trying to learn. He's trying to become a Christian. And he's on the downtown in Austin on Congress, Congress Avenue. And the wind is cold. And it's 26 degrees. He's with his father and his coach. And as they're standing there, they walk up and there's a woman. She's sitting against a great big tall aluminum pole. And she's got a blanket, two blankets actually, over her as she's sitting there. And she's got a little can there and she's playing a guitar. People walk by her, not a soul is putting any money in that can. So Rusty asked his dad, Dad, why does this woman sit in this cold weather all day with the can, and why do people come up and down the street and nobody put a quarter, a nickel, a dime, one in her can? Why do, why do they do that, Dad? His dad looked at him. Son, that woman probably makes more money than you and I put together in one year. This is just fake. She's perfectly fine. She could go and get a job. She could do anything. So people know that. So they just walk by her. Rusty kind of tilted his head and looked back at his dad. And his dad said, come on, son, let's go home. Well, Rusty said, Father... I'll be home directly. You go ahead on home. I'm going to sit here by myself and watch this woman for the rest of the day. And he did just that. And he watched, and he watched, and he watched. 
Yet nobody put any money in the can. So he walks over there. He sticks a $10 bill down in the can and walks back to the building and leans up in the building out of the cold wind that's blowing and watches this woman. She gave him a smile. The day comes on and the sun's going down. And the temperatures are dropping and it's cold. And Rusty couldn't stand it any longer. So he walked up to the woman said, Ma'am, I have a question. And she looked up at him and still was able to smile, even though it was so cold, right? Why do you sit here all day and nobody put any money in your can? And why don't you just get up, fold up your blanket, and go home where it's warm? Because I can't, sir, she said. You can't. So the woman took a blanket that she had and she threw it off of her. And she didn't have any legs. Rusty looked at her, took her in his arms and started walking and asked her where she lived. And he walked her all the way back to an apartment building and helped her get home that day. Now, the book goes on and on, and Rusty does things more unbelievable. Almost can, can be compared to how Jesus walked the earth. And Jesus, in all these different parables, helped Mary Magdalene when Mary Magdalene was going nuts, right? Helped a blind man see, and many, many more parables, all from the Old and New Testament that I wrote earlier. So at the very end of the book, and no spoiler alerts here, it all comes together almost up to a point that will help you answer the question, do you have to believe in the Bible to be a Christian? And seeing the power of God here, novel. It's the last novel of the six books of all five of the books previous to that one that I wrote that puts it all together what, how God and faith and forgiveness and all worked in the form of a, well, it's, it's nonfiction because it's based on a true story. It's not a true story. I guess you could call it fiction, but in either case, it's a wonderful story. And all the questions that I had bottled up to me and just did not understand. I used to go to my wife and I say, honey, how, how do you find, how does Grandma Ada find forgiveness after 20 years? Then another time I went to her. I'm at, I, I'm always telling stories, right? Well, I'm at the top of one of the World Trade Center, and I'm on my cell phone, and I call my wife, and I'm talking to her on the phone, or actually, I'm crying and shouting at her. The whole building is on fire. There's smoke coming out the windows, and I go over and break the window, and she's watching all this going on on television, and she sees me come out that window to the ground. 
Now, I use that because I don't know how in the world if someone actually walked in the shoes of people during that time and that day, that day at the World Trade Center, how you could possibly ask for forgiveness for the terrorists that flew into that building and killed like this woman's husband. Now I know you're supposed to. I know what the Bible says. So you see, I'm still hung up on unless you walk in somebody's shoes. How do you just simply tell them you need to find forgiveness? Today, I still have difficulty. And it, I'm going to close today because I have one more part of this story about walking in someone's shoes. I went to my wife when she was having her, our first child. And she was in labor for hours upon hours. And it was killing me to watch her in this labor. And I said to her, oh honey, I know exactly how you feel. I am so sorry. I can't say it in this broadcast. But one of the words that came out of her mouth at that particular time was not a very pleasant word, right? Because how in the world can a man say they know exactly how a woman feels when she's in labor about to have a child? They can't. So unless something traumatic happens in your life, like happened on the, uh, at the World Trade Center that particular day, how can you say to them, you must find forgiveness? Well, I wanted to go over with you the making of the Faith Chronicles today and in this next episode that we've done to talk about where I come up with on ideas about my novels. So in this particular case, Genesis, Hallelujah, and Seeing the Power of God Back over here, wait, 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 right there. <laughs> right there, seeing the power of God. Um, I just want you to see how the Faith Chronicles ended up and hopefully it just gives you ideas as you're going through life and you're wanting to write and self-publish your first novel that there's something along the way that you, you really care about. You might like to cook and you want to write about recipe books or you might want to write about going fishing or going hunting on the prairies in Rock Island, Texas. It doesn't matter. When you write a book, write it about something that you love, something that you really care about, so you can put all your passion into your writing. So, I hope this second um, episode that talks about the books that I've written and how they come up to be in, uh, has been interesting to you. It gives you some ideas to reflect on and other ideas to reflect on. But in either case, I'm glad you're listening and you're following my channel. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to hit the like button down there on your computer and write a comment because a lot of what I'm broadcasting now in my next 10 episodes of season five is based on the questions that I get from my listening audience. So be sure to leave any question that you like, and I'll talk more about it. But until then, as always, 
See you later, alligator. <laughs>